well, two nights ago, the boys were here. We were planned on dinner. I put dinner on at 7.30. The barbecue ran out of propane. The boys had to change the propane. The boys had to go down to their house to cut a piece of board that was supposed to go in the ceiling. We finished dinner at 10 p.m. Sheesh. Yeah. So then I took a shower and went to bed, and I slept really, really well, but I was tired all the next day, even though I didn't wake up much during the night. Yeah. And I'm still tired, as you can hear. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's not even just a one-night thing. There's somehow the whole however the hell many weeks I've been back. I just, I can't, I can't seem to shake this sort of I'm half asleep feeling, and it's it's really weird. Yeah. I have one more week of school, and I go through Tuesday of next week for us, and then I'm done for the summer. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't get summer break. I know. Sad. But you guys deserve it because otherwise you'd go crazy. <laughs> I am I so ready for this year to be done. Yeah. So ready. And you said we should ask you about faucets. Mm, faucets. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Is this a sign we shouldn't ask you about faucets? So, you know, we we don't have a kitchen. Still? For another, for another two weeks. We're supposed to not have a kitchen for two weeks. That was a month and a half ago. We still have two weeks left before we get a kid. Oh, good back. Lord. I know. You guys know the money pit? Two more weeks? Yeah, that's exactly how the kitchen worked. We demoed the last week of April. We got our kitchen mostly put together the third week of August. So we had a lot of two more weeks. So my brilliant idea, and I thought it was a pretty good idea, was to bring the trailer up so that we would have a place to do dishes and cook and things like that. Yeah. Well, the first thing we did was break the kitchen faucet. So Ooh. we've worked very, very diligently to get the faucet fixed. The neighbor, I think the last time we podcasted, the neighbor was here and he rerouted the water and he did all this stuff. Well, it didn't work. So we still don't have water in the sink. But in the process, because he told us we had water, we were trying to get it running. Mom turned on the water in the bathroom sink in the trailer and that one broke. Ooh. So today we had helpers that pulled, they, we had two people here that pulled weeds for eight hours. They mm. did all kinds of wonderful things. God bless them. And he went in to use the bathroom and he came running out and he broke the bathroom faucet in the house. <laughs> so we're, oh we're down four faucets now. Oh no. Yeah. That's gracious. It's it's not been good. We've apparently pissed off the faucet gods. I don't know who they are. If I did, I I'd give them sacrifices, but I don't know who they are. So, and, and you know, we knew it was going. It it mm-hmm. kept going further and further back every time you turned it off. So, it wasn't his fault. And it's our it's the water we have here. We have really bad water because it's well water and it's got all kinds of oh, yeah, yeah. stuff in it. So things don't last very long, but. Yeah, it's just been not good for faucets. So we only have one sink at the moment that actually has water in it. The bathroom sink has cold water, but it doesn't have hot water anymore. Mm. So I can at least fill my water up for coffee, which is good. Yeah, but you can always heat up the cold water in some other way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what my parents had to do. The boiler broke. Mm-hmm. And they came to fix it, and they couldn't fix it. And so my parents had to boil water on the stove to go take a bath. 
Well, Ooh. it turns out, yeah, I know. Thank God we have so many pots. But still, it was like the old days. It was like Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. Um, except we didn't have to carry it up like five flights of stairs. That's good. But the second guy came to fix it. And apparently all the first guy had to have done, and he didn't know this because the manual didn't say, was to like flip a lever or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. maddening. Maddening, maddening. Yeah. Well, one of the kids apparently, flood- it's totally chi in the lotion. One of the kids flushed oh, something down the toilet at work the other day. Mm. And we had the maintenance guy come out and the maintenance guy ran the uh, snake through it. And he, he told me, he comes and tells me, because I think he likes me. He, he and I get on okay. So he comes to tell me all these things. He said, well, I snaked it as far as I could, but I don't know if it's going to work. Mm. You might have to get an actual plumber out here to get it through the other end. And I went in today to do breaks and it's the bathroom's closed off. And she said, yeah, he didn't clear it. He's just pushed it a little further than it was before. So it still overflows every time you flush it. Oh. I was like, oh, this is not good. Three more days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can really do anything fun. for three more days, right? Three more days. Yep. <laughs> they can do whatever they want. But yeah. And usually we're out the first week of June. So going through the third week of June, while it's good money and I'm excited to be able to do it. It's long. <laughs> the mm-hmm. kids are tired. We're tired. I'm very grumpy lately. So. Yeah. Well, speaking of jobs, I'm having a job interview on Thursday. Yay! Congratulations. Yes, I saw that. Thank you. I hope it goes well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you about it since I'll know whether or not I have it by the time this airs. But way, 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 way back, eons ago, I got interested in the Japanese-American internment during World War II. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then over several years, decided to write, and that was why I went to grad school, part three, to write what I was calling the Encyclopedia Britannica of Japanese-American history, because everybody's done bits and pieces, you know, nobody's done the whole thing. And I came out of grad school, having narrowed my focus down to the Encyclopedia Britannica of multiracial Japanese-Americans, because nobody's talking about that. And started researching, you know, various people who were in the camps and came out my last semester with basically a draft book proposal. It's crap because I don't know what I'm doing, but, you know. And (laughs) so one of the positions, so here's the funny part. Job positions, you know, have gotten to the point where they're advertised on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my colleagues all know what kind of job I want and we know what kind of job they want. And so literally everybody emailed one colleague about a job to do with American Girl because she's obsessed with American Girl. Mm-hmm. Everybody started t- uh, tweeting me about this particular job at one of the camps. And I'm like, thanks, guys. I saw this like two days ago. <laughs> it's so funny because everybody's like, have you seen it? Yes. Yes, I have. But anyway, in the camp was in Wyoming. So they've got their headquarters over there. But the position's in D.C. Oh, nice. Yeah that it's hot as hell in the summer. So I might be potentially moving to D.C. very soon. And, you know, here's the kicker. I emailed, well, because it said, you know, you have to be living in D.C. now was one of the job requirements. Mm -hmm. And I sent an email and a cover letter and all that said, you know, I don't live in D.C., but I'd be more than willing to move at my own expense. I just, you know, I just need to move. So you're going to, you know, I didn't tell this, but the insinuation being, you're going to need to give me a little bit to, like, move and get settled. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, seriously two days ago. And they just emailed me today and said, can you do a job interview on Thursday? I'm like, um, okay. 
So you have to get to DC. Usually, no, 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 no. This Not is just, for the interview itself. Yeah. Just for once you get, if you get the job. Right. Okay. Thank God I don't have to try and get, oh boy. Oh, that, that would be, that would not be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thankfully, I did not have to come to Grand Prairie to interview for this job. I just took that one on the phone. I did have to go to one of the other places that I got interviewed for in Saskatchewan. Warman, I think. It was a W town of some kind. <laughs> w towns are good. Yeah. It's Worcester. That's what I've learned from mine. No, we don't have a Worcester in Saskatchewan. I didn't think you had a, you had a Worcester. Nope. Only in England and um, Massachusetts, I guess. Yeah. yeah Is that where the sauce comes from? Worcester yes, sauce? England. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's from it's from that area. It's Worcestershire. Mm-hmm. It's not. Well, that's what's really but, funny because in English the sauce is Worcestershire sauce, yes. but in Japanese it's basically Worcester. Worcester. I like that word, Worcester. It's fun to say. Interesting. Yeah. Speaking of Ryan, I got a message from Ryan the other day that said, you people are costing me money. And I'm like, what did I do? What do we do now? He said, you're landscaping. I like your landscaping so much, I've decided to re-landscape my house. Oh. (laughs) I said, wait a minute. Well, that's your fault, Ryan. Don't blame this on me. I wish somebody would make me cookies, but my Mm. family doesn't. Very sad. I'm always baking for other people. I'm like, can somebody bake for me, please. Yeah, it's nice to bake. Mm. I would. Know oh, and the other I piece of news. Yes. I hacked off a foot of my hair. Probably. Wow. So is it really, really short now, or is it just medium it's about short? Chin length. Nice. Well, because I can't get it past chest length, and so it just, it just literally stops going. Hmm. Just I I can't. There's nothing. I could probably like put weights on it. Like I don't know, but I, I can't get it any lo- you know longer than that. And my mother used to have hair down to a waist, and I just I can't do that. So mm-hmm. I've always wanted to donate my hair, but I'm like, if I were to try to donate it, I have to look like Creedence Fairbone, and I would look <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Aw, I just listened to Mugglecast all about Creedence. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been doing each of the the characters, and they did Creedence. Earlier, and then the latest one was all about the bare bones. Mm. So my coworker said, "Hey Sue, I finally watched Fantastic Beasts the other day." And I said, "Anne, yeah, I really liked it. Even my husband liked it." And I was like, "Oh, good. It's a good movie." Yeah, I, the- I still don't. Go ahead. I still don't get how the bare boneses and all the other, other second Salemers believe that magic exists. I just I don't get it. Well, because they took those kids from magical homes so what's her face had an inkling she had to have i know but even before that though you know the fact that it's been passed down for generations and people still believe it and they're not like for crying out loud people it's the you know the 1900s what what nonsense is this we believe in magic well yes but that's different (laughs) (laughs) no on friday the phone rang at work and and uh, the person on the other end was like, hi, this is so-and-so from the other head start. And I was like, yeah. And she said, I have a random Harry Potter question. And <laughs> my director said you were the person to talk to. And I said, okay. <laughs> and so she asked me the question and I answered it for her. And of course, now I can't remember what it was. But 
was this really... like for personal information or was it like one of the no, kids it was wanted personal to know? information she was like trying to figure something out and she couldn't figure it out and and uh, her director was like, oh, call Sue. Sue knows everything that has to do with Harry Potter. And she's like, I want to ask this question, but I don't want you to think I'm dumb. And I was like, or, you know, that I'm weird or crazy or whatever. I was like, I was like you just made my day. <laughs> I love it when people call and ask me Harry Potter questions. Go for it. It had something to do with the um, Horcruxes. Because okay. I told her that she needed to listen to the... Oh, she wanted to know what the stone was called. The Resurrection Stone. Oh. And I sent her... Uh, I told her she needed to listen to Lena's, the Butterbeer's Peveril story. I once happened across their brothers three who thought they could use all their magic to thwart me. But I, being deaf, being sly, blocked their path and said, Brave, cunning brothers, oh, what do you ask? I will give each a prize and then let brothers pass. The first brother begged, Please, death, make me a tool, a wand that will win every fight, every duel. So I broke a branch off of an elder tree. And I fashioned a wand, for he thought he was worthy, and gave elder wand to the eldest of three. Go, brother, I bid thee good night. I promise you'll win all your battles and fights, but your wand will be stolen, and you will be slain. Then you and I will meet again.
the other two for my own. So, I don't oh, man, know. Man, I'm going to cry. I don't know if she listened or not, but mm. she, yeah, she totally made my day because she called and said, I have this random question and... And apparently the director knows that you're a Harry Potter fan, so she told me I should call you. <laughs> I was like, all right. And it was totally serendipitous that I answered the phone, which was hilarious, too. Yeah. So That would have been a funny, Sue, somebody needs to ask you about Harry Potter. So, Harry Potter questions. That's cool. I got four Harry Potter shirts in the mail yesterday. I want a Harry Potter shirt. They came from just Jane's mom. She sent them to me. Oh. So I finally got my first fandom shirt. Well, not fandom per se shirts this weekend. My so my parents and I went to go see Rent for my birthday. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Talk about for my birthday. Talk about awkward. Long time ago. With, yeah, with with your parents. So whatever could have been worse. We could have been watching like Magic Mike or something. Um, <laughs> Both of which I've seen with my mother. But okay. Oh God. <laughs> I went to go, you know, get T-shirts, and it was T-shirts that all had, like, the 20th anniversary. We've lost Already. You. Like, I, I can't believe it, but I didn't realize it came out when I was that young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I saw a college production of it. Oh, yeah? Some high school did it. They obviously had to cut a few pieces. Unfortunately, the Roger in this round it didn't have the makes you go weak in the knees and makes your toe curl kind of, you know, Mm-hmm. to his voice. I was, I was a little disappointed. But, you know. mm-hmm. I saw uh, Joseph in the amazing multicolored oh. dream coat as a high school yeah. performance once, and it was amazing. Yeah. I almost liked it as well as I liked the uh, original the t- show. The TV? No, I got to see it live. No, I mean, oh, so you mean the original musical, not the, the TV show? The original musical I got to see live. Oh. Oh, when, lucky. When I still haven't seen that one all the way through. Pharaoh was the, um, he was a soap opera star and he totally, I think he was on the young and restless and okay. he, he climbed up on some woman's chair in the audience and, and like stood on the armrests and straddled her. <laughs> and he talked about how he was young and restless and totally tied in the soap opera. It was so <laughs> funny. Yeah. Elvis Pharaoh. Because the pharaoh always has an Elvis twang to them. Mm-hmm. And then I got the video, the one that Donnie Osmond's in. But Oh, that I love the video. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. But then I got to go and see it. For I took myself. I went all by myself to this little high school thing because nobody would go with me. And I had a ball. Oh, I would have gone with you. I know. But I didn't know you back then. It was a long time ago, right, when I first yeah. moved out here. Are there any Poofwanians in D.C.? There was for a while, but uh, I believe she's in New Orleans now. Oh. And I don't know if there were any other ones or if it was okay. just Amy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You could put a, a message on the Facebook page and ask. Yeah. Are there any Poofwanians in D.C.? They might pop up. <laughs> then we'll get like random people. Saying hi to each other on the street. Oh, I need to get some poofa flag. I need a poofa shirt. You need a poofa shirt. So on the Dungeons and Dragons thing that Scott and I listen to, they have T-shirts and the fans are called critters, and yeah. they get all excited when there's a wild critter sighting. <laughs> I was wearing my Critical Role shirt today, and somebody came up to me and said, 
do you spice? And I said, yeah, do you? And then we just laughed our heads off and talked for 10 minutes. I had a wild critter sighting. That's so funny. <laughs> yep. It's got all the little in-jokes and phrases that people could say. And mm-hmm. I had somebody re- admire mine at one point, but I don't know if they were an actual critter. really into it or if they just knew what the what the d20 symbol was or, mm-hmm. you know because the the main role the main logo for the show is uh the lines of a 20-sided die and then the name of the show in the middle of it mm-hmm. but, wait what the hell is a 20-sided die it's a 20-sided die it is a, an object with 20 sides that has numbers from 1 to 20 on it and you roll them in Dungeons and Dragons and most of the oh, so role playing games that are based die. on that. Oh yeah, it is. Hang yeah. on. I mean, but like the normal ones that we use for like Monopoly and such are six sided dice. Yeah. But there are four sided, six sided, eight sided, ten sided, twelve sided, and twenty sided are the main ones that I, I'm get used a, in role playing uh, games. I don't see it's, my pretty rainbow dice, but I'll send you the pretty purple die here. You can see the it. technical name is an icosahedron, I think. I know that's one of them. I'm not sure if that's 20. I think the, that's... isn't the 20 a um, polyhedron? Polyhedron is the general term. Ah. Uh, yes, icosahedron is a polyhedron with 20 faces. So, yes, I was right about that. There's it has... a link to some pretty purple ones. Mm-hmm. And they discovered some of them in Egyptian tombs, so apparently they had, you know, dice. They and it's a terrible okay. disease. When you start collecting dice, it's it's bad. Well, you think collecting dice is bad? I collect money, so I've got thousands of dollars I can't spend literally sitting in my room. Yeah. Oh, dear. I just I try and hang on to the fancy quarters for a while, but I usually end up spending them eventually. I spend duplicates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they always come out with more freaking quarters. Like, first it was the state quarters, and then it was, like, the territory quarters or whatever the heck. And now we've got the freaking, like, what is it, national parks or something? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I keep seeing new ones I've never seen before, and I'm just like, I'm not even going to look at it because I don't want to have to do this. And then they do pennies. And now they're doing pennies and nickels. Yeah. It just gets crazy. We don't have pennies anymore. I think well, the only penny I have right now is a American one. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just found four pennies on my desk. Oh. I thought to myself, why do I have pennies on my desk? We should probably start this because it's going to take us yeah. a while. We should. <laughs> and us? Already, start? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's already 7 o'clock. Yes. So we're on chapters 16 to 23 today? Mm-hmm. Is that? Yeah. Okay. I thought I had that right, but... It could have been an episode off. <laughs> no, that's right. We only have three more, and then we're done for this season. So, And that includes tonight. Yeah, I was editing this morning, and uh, I'm editing the Prisoners one, and and it starts off with us talking about boats, and then boat boats, because Mooney's re-listening, and, and, uh, and then we're talking about <laughs> Jen and <laughs> G and boats, and it's like, oh, dear. And I'm half tempted to just drop the the Yosemite clip in the middle of it because then we talk <laughs> about Jen and and you know 
how crazy it is. And then, oh, but I saw nuns. <laughs> to, like go off on a nun rant. I'm like, should yeah. I just drop this in for old times? Flashback sake? to Yellowstone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Yellowstone, my cousin, my my aunt's youngest, and a friend of his are going to go work at Yellowstone. Oh, fun. And I'm terrified. Yeah, you should be. I tried explaining this to them, but they didn't get it. No. They were like, we'll be fine. I'm like, but, but you're going to explode. Yeah, nobody gets it. It's pretty funny. Well, it's one of those things that it's either not, it, it's either going to happen or it's not. Like there's no, there's no way you can like minimize your risk and there's mm-hmm. no, it's not like you're going to die just by going there unless it happens. Right. And, and even with the projected amount of space that is going to collapse if that ever does blow in a big way, it's not being in Yellowstone is not going to be much help. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's gonna it's gonna take so out it's one bogs, of those things you so. just you can't really worry about. So true. I know last night one of the one of the people in one of the groups I followed said, I'm writing this story. Would anybody read it for me? And I was like, Well I do fan fiction for a podcast and he's like podcast <laughs> I said, it's harry potter related he's like go on <laughs> tell me more <laughs> so and and i said well you you know you watch critical role so our four-hour podcasts aren't gonna put you off and he's like Chah. i used to listen to six-hour podcasts i'm like oh well you're it's gonna fit right in here listen to special edition four and if you like it you might enjoy the rest of us <laughs> Speaking of which, they're officially putting Critical Role out as a podcast now, so you can Are listen they to really? episodes. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That was I, they just announced that on the last um, episode that that's officially a thing. I think they're doing the first arc first, and then they're going to try and over the next several you know months mm-hmm. catch everything up. I missed the beginning, so I I, I missed the announcements. I got to mm. see the episode, but I missed the announcements because something crazy was going on. There's always something crazy yeah. going on here. So that's cool. That's great news. Because it's nice to be able just to, you know, lose yourself in one of them every once in a while. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to, you know, download a podcast and go and go to work and still have something to listen to. Whereas mm-hmm. when I try to do that with a video thing, I end up eating my data for the month. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. That's no fun. Yeah. But anyway. And podcasts are good. Mm-hmm. Speaking Hello, of which, Trisha do we want I? to start this one? Oh, I suppose we should. I don't know if Trisha was planning on coming for this I one. I sent her a message. She was planning on it, but she has not messaged me back. She did say that Tuesdays was the best for her, but or the best for this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now, as far as Critical Role goes, they've got episode zero, the backstory, and then they go through the first arc with Kavarn for so there's 11 episodes of the podcast right now oh, and cool. they were all released simultaneously five days ago and then they're going to start releasing them in chunks I think mm-hmm. until they can catch up to where the actual yeah. show is I was trying to find Dragon Friends as a podcast I think I'd like to listen to them as a podcast but I didn't see that I did find it yeah it exists as a podcast uh, or mm-hmm. is it just on video that you have to pull it down from no, that one is a podcast. The oh. first one is uh, was a little bit awkward to listen to because they weren't used to being a podcast yet. Mm-hmm. But you know, 
Hmm. It was interesting. I'll have to. Look I don't know again. if I'll continue following it or not because they are mostly Australian comedians mm-hmm. being comedians more than playing Dungeons and Dragons. But you know, still might be fun. On occasion, yeah. I watched a little mm-hmm. bit of their show last night um, from the D and D thing last weekend. Mm, yeah, which the name escapes me at the moment, but and the I, stream of annihilation. Stream of annihilation. Yes, that was it. Because yeah. I couldn't find any other Vox Machina stuff. I found only two. I found one Matt DM'd, and I found the one that they played. And I never saw Talison play. He was in the one right before theirs, um, which was... Sorry, Mooney. Um, I can't remember. I'd have to find the list again. Yeah, I can. It was like Dice Mystics or something. Okay. But, uh, yeah, because I'd love to yeah. see him play. Because he, he was the only one from from that group on that one, but he was a pirate and had a mm-hmm. lot of fun. Yeah. Yay, so. pirate. He's a good pirate, I think. He was the evil pirate captain <laughs> as opposed to the the slightly less evil privateer captain who was the main uh, group's people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's see. It was Maze Arcana. That was it. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to pull it up. Maybe I'll watch some of it tonight. Although Tox Machia is on tonight too, so maybe I'll watch that. We'll have to see. <laughs> yeah. Now that Travis is talking to Scallon again. <laughs> so, but in the meantime, <laughs> yes. we're going to start. We'll probably cut most, most of that out for the yeah. people like Moodoo who have no idea what we're no talking about. We're talking about. <laughs> but, you know, it's fun. We're we going to do, oh, let's see. There's something weird going on. Oh, my. We need search and rescue for Skype. Well, I mean, come on. We've got two Hufflepuffs here. You could just go find them. <laughs> You've got three now. <laughs> what have you done, Alex? You're calling people. Don't call strangers. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow. I. You almost have ruined Charlie to tell for me there. <laughs> oh. And I told Alex, you are not welcome in my bed. With squirrel breath. Who dares enter my chamber? Can you do that again? Who dares enter my chambers? <laughs> Save yeah. that for something it totally needs to be cute. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I think she just replaced Scott. <laughs> Sex and snork eggs. Awkward. Google I have Google always Google. Okay, Google I have, came and hung out with us. Fun. Well, that's oh. always good too. We're not fun anymore. You're a different kind of fun. You don't want <laughs> it to be the same kind of fun. I was going to say, I don't want to know what kind of fun <laughs> you were having. <clears throat> and that's all we're going to say about that because <laughs> we don't want to know what you were doing. Now you're just making it seem even worse. <laughs> you are evil. She's just trying to separate church and state. It's all doing the Ryan thing. Oh, did you want to hear my stupid story? Yes. <laughs> I know you did something because you sent me a message and was like, do I have a story for you? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just broke a lot of memories, and I'm thinking, oh, shit, me and my oversharing. <laughs> you do like to do that. She flews 
the headmaster's office, and Albus says, Good evening, Minerva. Is there a problem? Albus, I have an unconscious Death Eater tied up in my office. Now, Minerva, I'm sure Severus was just... (laughs) (laughs) Because we were slightly off topic. Off topic? Us? Never. Never. No, not at all. How dare you, Sue? How dare you? I know. We're in depth when we're not off topic. Lockhart leaves before Harry and Ron can come out of the closet. Gave you some big brassy balls. Well, you know, we have to have balls. That's what we do. I go, I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Bloody buggering hell. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Bloody Merlin's galloping gargoyles. (laughs) I hate being responsible. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the uh, flagship podcast of the family of podcasts that makes up Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. And I'm Mooney. And tonight, or today, or whatever it is that you're listening to this, we are doing Becoming Neville, chapters 16 through 23, um, by the author Jedi Rita. And we... Uh, what we've got here is Neville's grand breaks her hip and just after his fifth year. And so he's spending the summer with Harry and Remus and they find a hidden message in the candy wrappers from his mother and begin to uncover a mystery. And we kind of get a little bit more of that in this arc of chapters because we learn more about the doctor that's taking care of his mother and father. Mm-hmm. And he's not the best of doctors, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Where we left off last time, um, they were just had found out that they'd first found the first message that they kind of figured out from these candy wrappers that uh, Neville's mother hands him all the time was the word driftwood. And they're like, this makes no sense. I don't know. Is there a potion that has driftwood in it? And then they discovered that their attending physician or one of them was a Dr. Otis B. Driftwood. Mm-hmm. And when Hermione did some research into him, it seemed that he had some unsavory connections and possibly bad habits as far as medicating people and things like that. And Neville actually asked Professor Snape if he could help because he noticed, you know, there's these treatments of potions that he's been giving them that should only be used for a short period of time. And he's been doing it for the past nine months or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And um, Snape says, Oh, well that's, that's impossible. They can't be doing that. Or, and then realized that when he realized they were, he's like, well, I don't really have the expertise to uh, say that a Medi wizard is doing something wrong. That's not my area, but I do have this former student that I could put you in touch with and maybe mm-hmm. they'll help. <laughs> and that's sort of where we left things off. And then Neville was excited and went back up to talk to Harry. And he's like, oh, yeah, and then I talked to Professor Snape, and he's going to help. And Harry was like, you talked to Snape? Snape's a Death Eater. You can't trust Snape. And so now Neville's all depressed again. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> yeah. And as we start Chapter 16, Neville's day hasn't gotten any better. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Harry is moody and irritated, mm-hmm. as per usual in this story. He's been happy about three times i think Uh, yeah he's he is not a happy camper he's still grieving from Sirius, and 
and being in the house and all of this stuff. So he's just moody. Yeah, he'd much rather be with the Weasleys at the borough or some somewhere other than Grimmauld Place. But mm-hmm. this is where they've decided he'll be safe. So, but finally, <laughs> Neville just decides to go up and work on the greenhouse because he's found a greenhouse on the top, on the sort roof. of the roof of Black Manor of Grimmauld Place, and. Uh, He's been trying to fix it up as best he can with a little bit of help from Harry and Tonks when she isn't breaking things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she broke more glass than she fixed, but, you know, she did bring the she, bat dung. Yeah, and she could do the magic to repair the glass, which they couldn't do, so it worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's basically not doing all that much with the greenhouse at this point. He's just worrying holes in his trousers because he's fidgety. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, By the time he wakes up the next morning, he decides, all right, fine. If Harry's just going to shut himself up in his room and be no fun, that's not my problem. I'm just going to ignore him. Except Mm -hmm. there he is in the kitchen, mushing his witchabix into a paste already. Mm -hmm. And they just sort of scowl at each other and their breakfast. And then the door opens and they're like, ah, finally a distraction. But it turns out to be Snape. Yes. Instead well, of that's still a distraction. <laughs> I love Snape. Yeah, true. You gentlemen are up awfully early, aren't you? Half past ten, Professor. Mm. <laughs> we find out that Snape and Remus indulged in a little adult beverage the night before and sort of slept in this morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just trying to imagine Snape and Remus having a drink. Yeah, mm-hmm. well. They're getting much closer in this story, apparently. Mm-hmm. I like the description here. It says, Snape entered gingerly slinking into the room without his usual menacing bluster. He looked rather like Gran after one of her late nights drinking blood martinis and playing canasta with her cronies. (laughs) (laughs) And Harry moves away and scrapes his chair and he's like, must you make noise, Potter? (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Neville's like, you seem unwell. It's like, "Mm, it's the beds. They're uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he says and then he you know he, he goes for cereal and all there are witchabix and he's like don't you guys have anything more substantial than witchabix and cauldron noodles Gran says fiber is good for you you're not a rodent long bottom <laughs> and then here comes Remus and Remus is like oh don't talk to me what aren't there potions to like get over hangovers Yes, yes. And there, there are in fanfic. I don't know if we've ever seen one in canon. Well, we never saw anybody get sloshed except for the, the house elves. This is true, yeah. But they probably take a little bit of doing to make, and uh, mm-hmm. Snape isn't in condition to do that at the moment. No. Oh, God, that'd be bad. <laughs> yeah. And Remus is eating his Wichabix dry, which is just a terrible, terrible thought. And Snape is like, I am honestly shocked that you guys haven't starved to death in this house. <laughs> Harry's like, why would you care? <laughs> oh, Harry. Mm-hmm. And Harry gets all mouthy at Snape, and then Remus tells him to shut up and tells him he has to apologize to Professor Snape, and Harry says, no way, and slams out of there. Yeah, Remus sends him to his room, and mm-hmm. he's like, you can't send me to my room. Sirius would never send me to my room. And Remus says, Sirius is dead, Harry. I'm the one who's here. Yeah. Which is, yeah. 
But he leaves and slams the door. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Remus says, I'd kill for a hangover potion, so they do exist. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that there's not one available. Yeah. And, and everybody's quiet for a while, and then Snape is like, well, guess I'll be going. <laughs> <laughs> but he does tell Neville that when he hears from Dr. Chatterjee, that he'll let him know. And yeah. so... And then Neville wants to know, Harry says, is he really a death eater? The death eater, is he really? And Remus explains that he's a spy, but it's sort of complicated. Yeah. Not the most pleasant of people, but not on Voldemort's side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they talk about Harry for a bit. You know, he's not having the best time. Mm -hmm. And Remus admits that they were both hungover. Yeah. Neville says, do you think maybe we should go out for dinner? Professor Snape says we're not eating right. (laughs) We'll see. And then he wanders up to try to talk to Harry. Harry, might I come in? No answer. I know you're awake. I can hear you moving around in there. Werewolf ears are sensitive, you know. (laughs) He says, I found something in the library I thought you might like to see. If you're not interested, I'll just give it to Neville. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bribery always works. It does. And it's a library book that was due 6th of April, 1973. Oops. Remus says, I knew Sirius never returned the book, but I had no idea it was here. Mm -hmm. And apparently Sirius and James have made all sorts of scratchings and notes in this one, like Fantastic Beasts and Mm -hmm. Quality. Uh, Quidditch and, uh, what is it? Quidditch and Word of something? I don't know. The other textbook that Joe did. Um, uh, Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, there's Fantastic Beasts is one, but there's a second one. The Quidditch uh, Through the Ages. Quidditch Through the yeah, Ages. Yeah, Quidditch Through the Ages. I was, I was mixing up the two of them. Mm-hmm. Quality Quidditch and Where to Find It. Yeah. Quality Quidditch and Where to Find It. That works. Yeah. yeah. But yes, it's that Quidditch like Through the Ages really and Fantastic good, uh, Beasts that have all the notes and things. Title for this podcast. Okay, I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> yep. Quality and, Quidditch uh, and Where to Find It. I love it. <laughs> So Harry gets to read through and see what uh, Prongs and Padfoot had to say about the the werewolf textbook. Mm -hmm. And then Snape, Remus brings up Snape and why is he telling Neville that he's a Death Eater? And Harry says, well, he is. And Remus says, no, he's not anymore. That was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dumbledore saw fit to forgive him and trust him. We should, too. And Harry's like, not me. Not going to forgive him. And Remus says, well, Dumbledore's forgiven a lot more people than just Snape, and I'm one of them. And so Harry says, well, you're a much better know... person than Snape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, Mooney? Does Remus know that Snape is the, is the reason James and Lily are dead? I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. It doesn't it's... make that clear. Yeah, we don't know who Dumbledore told mm. about that. And he says, all I'm asking is that you don't let Snape get to you. And, you know, look at Neville. Snape's really hard on him, but Neville doesn't hurl insults at every provocation. And Harry's like, that's because Neville's a, what? He's a, I mean, and he says, I want to tell you what I saw yesterday. I saw Neville overcome his fear of Snape. I saw strength of character and a generous nature. I wish I could say the same about you. And then Harry looks down at his feet. And And Harry brings up that Neville could actually have been the boy who lived. Mm -hmm. 
And he's trying to decide whether he should bring that up to Neville or not. Right. And he thinks he should tell him, but he's not sure when or how to do that. Mm-hmm. And Remus says, well, I'm sure the right time will come. And by the way, we were thinking of going out for lunch. Yeah. So when you're ready, come on down and we'll go. So there we go. So at least they, we think they ate something a little bit more healthy than cauldron noodles and witch bits. Mm-hmm. But knowing them, they went and got fish and chips and didn't eat healthy at all. Who knows? <laughs> they could have gone to an Indian place or something. Gone out for curry. Mm-hmm. Well, we had curry tonight. I had a ham sandwich. Uh, I had pizza because it's easy to heat up and have before mm-hmm. podcast time. Yeah, that would be good. Yep. I will have to make something tomorrow because I will be out of leftovers of things, but I will. Yeah, well, tomorrow you'll have the time to do that. and Then you'll have mm-hmm. leftovers for Thursday in Critical Role. Exactly. <laughs> It'll work out nicely. <laughs> <laughs> so we move to Chapter 17, and we have – it's a hospital visit day, and he has – Neville is bringing along the, the Scrabble – game that he picked up from Fred and George and Harry says, is that for Gran? And he's like, not exactly. And Harry says, you don't think she'd care for dirty words, Scrabble? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think she would, but uh, he thinks that his mom might like it. You know, she might like the letters. And Harry thinks that's brilliant. Because mm-hmm. it gives her more options than just scratching off a gum wrapper. Mm-hmm. That was very smart of him. Yeah. And, of course, Nurse Nettlethorne stops him and wants to know what he's got. I don't like this, Nurse. No. It's a game. Your parents can't play games. I know, but my mom might like it. All right, but she can't play without supervision. She might try to swallow the tiles. She's not two. See, Harry's got her number. He says that she's more like a prison warden than a nurse. (laughs) I totally agree, Harry. Totally agree. She's kind of in the nurse ratchet mold. Mm-hmm. And uh, she starts looking at the tiles and picks them up and kind of gazes at them. And then she starts throwing them across the room. And Neville's like, quick, we've got to catch those tiles. And they go around and different people are like, good shot, Mrs. Longbottom. One landed in my pudding. Ah, <laughs> trying to take my eye out, are you? Oh, boy. One of them went under my bed. <laughs> yep. Oh dear. <laughs> Maybe she only threw away the ones she didn't want. So they lay out on the board, and it says L L L E E E A E E A A I I N N F R K V. And there was one extra C that's being pushed around the edge of the square because she doesn't quite know what to do with it. And they're like, "What do you think it spells?" I have no idea. <laughs> And then he figures it out. Yep. Frank, mm-hmm. Alice, and Neville. Which is very nice of them. Yeah. And he has to kind of get a hold of himself for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then he puts in the tiles for I love you. Mm-hmm. And she forms them all into a nice square. She likes squares. Wouldn't that be a rectangle? Mm, kind of. Depends on the size of the tiles, but probably it's... No, it would be a square. It just looks funny to me because it's double spaced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the the way that our letters work is not spaced out evenly yeah. between each other. Yeah. 
And then it's as, a rectangle in the text, but as tiles, yeah. it would be a square. As she settles back, she starts to hum, and Neville recognizes it as his lullaby. Aww. Aww. No. Neville now has hope, and then Snape flews over and says that Dr. Chatterjee has agreed to consider his parents' case. And so even Harry's sort of excited about all of this. And they go to the College of Magical Medicine, where Dr. Chatterjee has re- does her research. And uh, this is quite a fun little interaction. So first of all, we have this sour-faced wizard who's not at all happy about children because, you know, they're little germ factories they are. <laughs> but- Why aren't adults? <laughs> Finally, they make it to Dr. Chatterjee's office, and Stapes there, and he knocks on the door, and she calls out, Don't stand around! Come in! And the place is a mess. <laughs> yeah. And Snape is just barely stopping himself from straightening things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. This, this lab is a disgrace. Did you learn nothing from all your years of study with me? You're just begging, begging for disaster. She's like, well, I know where everything is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. Why would I put things away? I don't know when how people need them? do that. I'm usually pretty good at it. And the jars are mislabeled. And she's like, I know what's in them. Who are these people? Well, that would drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it sounds very unsafe. Yeah. yeah. And she's totally the absent-minded professor doctor. You know, she calls him Mr. Longfellow. She, uh, oh god, the names were so funny over the next two uh, chapters. And then Remus, I don't know what she calls him, I can't remember. And then she looks at Harry and says, Should I know you? No, I don't think so. I'm terrible at remembering people. And Snape's like, Yes, but you're capable of remembering mislabeled ingredients. Well, of course, ingredients are important, people aren't. And yeah, go in, and there's this great big bat. Uh, an Indian fruit bat. And Snape's like, better than that god-awful toucan you used to have. And then she asks if they want tea, and she pulls out a tin that says, uh, where is it? Oh, ferret glands. Would anyone care for tea? And they're like, no thanks. He's like, oh, it's Darjeeling. However you say that. Mm -hmm. Darjeeling. Very close. Mm-hmm. And he, she wants to know if any of them are fellow Hufflepuffs. Yay, Hufflepuffs! <laughs> nope. Uh, and none of them are. She's like, oh, well, we can't all be Hufflepuffs, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and she uh, she has this great banter with Snape. She doesn't take him seriously at all, which is so funny to watch because yeah. Snape is usually <laughs> taken very mm-hmm. seriously. And she asks Neville various questions about his parents' treatment and so on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, eventually they leave, and Snape says, "Well, we won't take up any more of your time, but I insist you relabel those jars." Like, but then, how would I know where anything is? <laughs> yeah, that well, doesn't make no sense to me. And she, you know, she reads over the notes, and then she wants to know if Neville can answer questions, which he doesn't. He does really a little know bit. The answers to most of the stuff. And then she says, I'd like to meet with your parents and examine them. And he's like, of course. And 
She says, my dear boy, Professor Snape tells me your parents were heroes in the war against what's his name. (laughs) I love that. What's his name? We all owe them so much. No doubt. uh, No doubt you know that no one has survived such prolonged exposure to Cruciatus. But and there's might be nothing I can do to help them. But I will do my very best. And Neville has to blink back tears and he thanks her. Mm hmm. Mr. Potter, are you sure we haven't met? I'm sure. Oh, no older brothers? <laughs> nope. Nope. Cousins? No cousins? No. And then she hugs oh, well, Snape. Well, like, come to me. <laughs> and what she does figure out is absolutely hysterical. Yeah. Yes, that's fun. It's in the next chapter or the one after that, I think. Something like that, yeah. And yeah. Snape says, well... Re- Remus says, well, she was certainly affable, and Snape says, mm, everyone has their flaws. <laughs> yeah. She was the most capable student I ever taught. Certainly more so than that pretentious Mrs. Miss Granger. That'll make <laughs> Harry happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although he does have a point. She tends to repeat exactly what the textbook says, mm-hmm. rather than actually think it out. Yeah, doing her own thing with them. Yeah. And apparently Dr. Chatterjee had this highest scoring Newt results since 1952. That's pretty good. Oh, well, that must mean she scored higher than you. I had other things to think about at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he did. She seemed quite fond of you. It must be rewarding to have a student who who succeeded so well. He's like, she works very hard. <laughs> Remus is like, you should be proud and maybe even a little fond of her. Honestly, Lupin. <laughs> yes. He does try to get Snape to admit he has feelings. Mm-hmm. So they head on back to Grimmel Place and Snape sticks around for a while, but they sort of have a bit of a truce for a while and... Uh, Mostly whenever he comes over, he and Remus will disappear to a corner and leave mm-hmm. them alone. So Neville figures they're working on something for Dumbledore or something. Mm-hmm. As long as it keeps Snape out of the way, it's fine with him. Yeah. He and Harry have a bit of a conversation about Dr. Chatterjee. And, you know, she's not who you'd picture as Snape's favorite student. No. That's true. Not at all. You know. Yeah. I love how this, but he doesn't yell at Dumbledore and I'm sitting here like, yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbledore can take it. Imagine Snape having a favorite student, especially a Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like, well, I like Neville's like, he sure yelled at her a lot. Mm, he makes you wonder why he yells at me so much. Maybe I'm his favorite student now. <laughs> there you go. And Harry says, well, I think he just yells at everybody. Yeah. And they talk about how Remus was. No, he doesn't. He doesn't yell at the Slytherins. Not very often. Only when they actually blow something up. And they're up in the greenhouse and Neville's planting things. And Harry's like, blood wart, henbane, nightshade. These are all the ingredients in the potions your parents take. And Neville's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I just want to learn more about them. And it makes me feel close to them. That's just creepy. Yeah. And then they head down and Remus is cooking which is scary. And he's like, oh, there you are. I was just about to send Professor Snape to call you for dinner. And Snape's like, I'm not your errand boy. (laughs) He's uh, decided to make stew. 
and Snape's giving him a bad time and saying that he's got potions so that none of them will die of this stew. And it's actually pretty good. Everybody but Snape likes it, apparently. So the part where, where did it go? Um, Harry mentions that he, he like cooks a lot for the Dursleys or something. Mm-hmm. Why are there no alarm bells going off? Well, they'll start going off. Well, maybe not. I'm mixing up stories now. No. I mean, that in itself is not an alarming thing. A lot of people will cook when they're at home with their relatives. Mm -hmm. Maybe, as far as they know, it could just be that Petunia's not good at cooking, and so Harry does it while he's there. Yeah. True. And they start talking about the herbs that Neville's growing, and, and, uh, you know, Neville says, I've got sage and rosemary and oregano, and Stave says, do you have skullcap? Neville's like, for cooking? (laughs) No, but it's good to have on hand. Yes, I've got some. American or Chinese? American. Chinese is far superior. Yep, but I can't get it. So uh, Snape's going to bring a cutting next mm -hmm. time. Aw. Yeah. That's just so cute. It's not for you, but if you're going to have this greenhouse here, I might as well, you know, have some stuff on hand in case Lupin poisons us. Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently Mrs. Weasley has left a letter from Ron. Harry's going to go read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're hopeful that he's got news about uh, Hackenbush, who is um, Otis Driftwood's former mentor, whose brain was one of the ones that Ron absorbed at the ministry. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they go to Remus because uh, Ron is, is this where Ron tells them about the. Ron's saying that they've been, he's been trying to sort of think about it, but it's really hard to deliberately access memories like that, so he's going to need to do some sort of trance, and there's actually spell work that's built for that, and they're wondering if maybe Lupin can do it. That's what I was trying to find. I couldn't remember if that was right here or not. So, yeah, so they're going to go to Lupin and ask him to do this stuff, this memory charm stuff, and it's going to cause all kinds of havoc here in a little bit, but... Uh So he goes in and says, you know, I've been reading my parents' medical files and there's this Dr. Driftwood and Hermione found out that he used to uh, be a student of Dr. Hackenbush who used to experiment on werewolves with the Cruciatus and all of this stuff and we need to get his memories out and we think you can do it. And Remus is like, that's kind of not a good thing to be messing with. No. And they're very persistent. But you can do it, right? Well, I have some experience with it, but it's not the best thing. And they talk him into it. And they talk him into doing it without telling Ron's parents. Which brings back memories because Remus is like, I can never tell James no either. But And he says, you know... I'll try, but if there's any signs that Ron might be harmed, then I'm going to stop and you have to give up. And they agree. And so Mrs. Weasley's going to let Ron come over the next day. So they all turn in because it's going to be a big day. Mm-hmm. And Neville's excited and he actually has good dreams for once. Yes. So that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Good, good dreams on occasion. So we move on to chapter 20. And right after breakfast, they're heading to the burrow. Yeah. And they pounce on Remus as soon as he shows up. (laughs) Mrs. Weasley has to scold them and stop them from knocking poor Mr. Lupin over. Mm -hmm. And Bill and the twins are joining them for dinner that evening, so that should be fun. 
Yay, Bill. Yay. They're coming over. And she offers Remus some tea, and Ron's like, no, we have to go show him around. He's never been to the borough. We need to find someplace private to do this spell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they they take him to the fort. I love that Mrs. Weasley's allergic to one of the nettles. Mm-hmm. She doesn't come. Right. Why well, be yeah, allergic to the their, nettles, too? This was their hiding place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually built a treehouse there once, but the first time Charlie climbed into it, it fell down. So now they just have this place at the bottom of the tree. Yeah, there's a hollow tree trunk, and there's some planks still sticking out of the bit branches, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's a great place for hiding stuff from Mom. Jenny, don't tell! <laughs> Remus is like, I won't tell her either. And mm-hmm. Ron's and looking for biscuits, and what he finds are petrified toads instead. Gross. Ew. You know? <laughs> I think I'd rather have some of Dr. Chatterjee's tea, thanks. Uh. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, there might be some old bottles of butterbeer around here, unless Fred and George have refilled like those, too. by now. Yeah. I stopped in that butterbeer this morning, or this afternoon. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I took back uh, four, five cases or five four packs and turned in the bottles for money and then went and bought oh, nice. two more four packs to bring with me. Nice. I love that I started the store and they stocked them all year. I, I talked them into it and every time I go in now, there's still some on the shelf. So Yay. people must be buying them because they're keeping it pretty well stocked. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's pretty cool. I need to check around and see if any of our places have them. I feel like probably most of the actual liquor stores wouldn't. No. I don't know. Do you have a thing called Reed's Ginger Beer, which is basically mm. ginger ale? No. We do have uh, – we've got like Boylan's Ginger Beer and things mm-hmm. like that. But Yeah. Well, the Reed's company is the one that makes the butter beer. So if mm-hmm. you find a store that sells the reeds, then you'd be more apt to have a store that would carry yeah. or be able to carry the other because they're already stocking. I know it's around somewhere because, or, well, a, an equivalent thing, like it was butterscotch something or other, but uh, because um, I got some for my secret Santa last year, so I'll have mm. to ask her where she found it. There you go. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> they decide to forego the butterbeer in case Fred and George filled that with something else, too, and get started on the spill, the spell casting. Yeah. And so Ron, you know, calls or Remus calls Dr. Hackenbush up as Ron sort of goes into a trance. Who are you? Not one of those beastly dementors, I hope. No, no. My name is Remus Lupin. Lupin. Thank okay, God. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait what? a minute. Dr. Hackenbush so, dies from a Dementor attack. Oh, right. He's not, okay. He's not an Azka. Never mind. So it just made no sense that he's sitting there going, you're not a Dementor, are you? And I'm just like, why would you even be asking that? No, I think it's he gets... the last thing he remembers. Yeah, surrounded by them and gets kissed. Yeah. We just have the... The remnants in his magical brain, whatever mm-hmm. thing the uh, Department of Mysteries was researching and how those work, we don't know. So Remus sends him further back into his memories because he wants his research on the Cruciatus. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yes, my life's work. They should have given me awards, but instead they locked me up, said I was mad. Mad! Could a madman do what I did? 
And Rena yeah. says, I want to tell, I want to learn more about it. And yeah, he has to kind of talk him back into it. And Dr. Driftwood, oh yes, my very fine student, very promising. Be sure to bind her tightly, Otis. We don't want her breaking loose. And Remus wants to know what he's talking about. And he's talking about an experiment he's doing on a female werewolf. And he's doing the cruciatus on her for longer and longer. And he's giving her five milliliters of the belladonna extract. And is that a lot? Oh, my goodness, yes. That would kill most normal, you know... Most normal humans, two millimeters will do that, or two milliliters will do that, and this is five. And it was, normally would be too much for a werewolf, but she's, you know, she's extraordinary. This one, mm-hmm. scary, and scary. that it, it's the conditions that somehow it seems to counteract some of what the cruciatus is doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, they and they've just... discovered that cruciatus seems to rewire the brain somehow which is temporary and brief exposure and mm. lasts longer the more the exposure is prolonged. Mm-hmm. And Remus wants to know, how does he know that Cruciatus kills people after they've been exposed for an hour? And he says, well, I haven't tried it with normal people, of course. That would be unethical, but werewolves, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remus is just like... <laughs> yeah, he... They talk about the how it alters the brain functions and then different uh, herbs and, and potions that would work one way for a normal person work very differently with a person that's had the cruciatus. I can mm-hmm. imagine. So, And they've, like, healers often prescribe henbane, which is a soporific to sort mm-hmm. of try and calm people down and keep them on an even keel, but apparently with the victims of cruciatus, it actually keeps them from recovering. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that Neville noticed was heavily involved in Driftwood's treatments. Yeah. So. And then, and he talks about a, a prestigious foundation that's used to fund his research and, we find out that they fund Driftwood too. And of course they do. Yep. Neville has written down everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think I got it all. Hen's bait is bad. Belladonna is good. Somebody yeah. needs either a quick pot's quill or learn, needs to learn shorthand. <laughs> yeah. And Remus okay. brings Ron out, and Ron's like, ah, it didn't work. Sorry about that, Neville, because he has no memory whatsoever of what happened. Mm-hmm. So he's like, no, he did a great job. We talked to Hackenbush for ages. And Ron remembers nothing. Mm -hmm. And Ginny gives him a hug and says, I'll be glad when that horrid man's out of your brain. Mm -hmm. And they tell Ron what they found out. And then Remus heads back to have tea with Mrs. Weasley. And the rest of them keep talking about it for a little while. And then eventually they decide to talk about Quidditch instead. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Which leaves poor Neville out. So when Neville's alone with Harry, then Neville's good enough. But when Harry's with the rest of them, then Neville's odd man out again. And he's feeling very odd man out. It's not Mm -hmm. very good. Because every time, you know, he's sitting out there watching the rest of them play Quidditch. And then Fred and George and Bill and Mr. Weasley are showing up. And 
Neville just seems feels like he's being overlooked mm-hmm. more and more. You think Mr. Weasley would engage Neville? You think? So he heads the when they go back home he's feeling like he's been ignored all day, so what does he do? Because you know, if you want somebody to pay attention to you, you just go see the mad portrait. So he The Mad Woman in the Attic. He wanders up to uh talk to Mrs. Black, which is kind of crazy. And he you know, he wants to know why do you hurt people? No, he's talking to Bella. Yeah, he's talking to Bella. Well, but she's She's Mrs. Black. Oh, she's in Mrs. Black's room. I guess that's where it is. He wants to know how come she can hurt people. And she says, do you think it's that simple? Do you believe you ought to uh, place nice, play nice with others? That should be play nice with others, not place nice with others. And mm-hmm. he says, well, it's better than torturing people. And she's like, no, it's all about the power. I yeah. tortured your parents and I'm the one that's more powerful because I've destroyed them. Yeah, she and Tom are on a similar wavelength there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he says, my parents wouldn't have hurt you. They wouldn't have tortured you. They wouldn't have done this stuff to you. I mean, I can I can see where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's understandable from her viewpoint, like, that you have to be the, the powerful one in order to survive, basically. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, especially when you hang around with Death Leaders, because the more powerful you are... The more up at the top of the pack you are, the less you're going to be uh, hurt when in the pecking order. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the chickens. We we turn the chicks loose with the big hens this week, and so the big hens are picking on them and you know putting them in their place because the chickens have a pecking order. And then we had a customer drop by the other day and give us a hen because. She was picking on his chickens, and so we've mm. we've kept her in isolation, and we've just let her out. And she's picking on everybody because she wants to be the top chicken. And our old hens are keeping her in her place, but she's bigger than the new chicks, so she's been terrorizing them. And oh, you know, it's so just sad. this crazy thing. But yeah, she. Oh, speaking of chickens, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to cuddle your chickens. No, why not? Because you get salmonella. Yeah. That's why there's been more salmonella outbreaks because everybody's cuddling their chickens. People are making pets out of these silly chickens and playing with them and cuddling them. And you get ch- you get mites when you play with them, too. It's awful. Mm. Mm. And, you know, this is gross. But there are so many mites on a chicken. They're both internal and external. And if you okay. if you give them something to poison the mites... It could kill them because as it kills the mites, it could kill so many of the ones that are inside of them that they could choke on the dead bodies and die. Yeah. It's just crazy. But is that normal to have that many mites? Apparently, it's part of the life of a chicken. Okay. We do our best to keep the mites down. We have a a natural herbicide that we spray. On the chicken? Um, normally we just spray their bedding and stuff and they, um, they're interesting little critters. They go on the chickens at night and, and suck their blood. And then during the day, they don't stay on the chickens. Usually some of them, they go on the bottom side of the roosts. So we smear Vaseline on the bottom of the roosts. And then when they crawl into it, they get stuck and die. Yay. So that's, (laughs) that's kind of how we keep them from 
getting, and we try to make sure that ours don't have them so bad. But yeah, I just can't imagine having all of the, I mean, it's bad enough that you have mites on the outside of your body, but to have enough inside your body that if we try to kill them, they can kill you by suffocating you. That's just crazy. That's disgusting. It is. I don't think it happens often, but it's a possibility. So they have to warn you about it. Mm -hmm. And there you go. Disgusting, fun facts from chickens with Sue or something. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Chicken facts with Sue. Never a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I just about got smacked in the face by a great big kitty paw. He's stretching. Uh, and uh, the I, rest of our characters are all visiting St. Mungo's again. Mm-hmm. And he actually remembered to bring Grand something this time. Yay! And he's... and then it turns out Aunt Enid and Uncle Algie are there too. Oh, and, uh, lovely pair, pair so of people they. He gets ready to be treated like a six-year-old because that's yes. the last time they remember him. Apparently, <laughs> my little boy. Oh dear. And yeah, they're just terrible. They, I, I kind of get this. My my great great grandfather for Christmas one year gave me. Stuff that was way below my age level because he just didn't have a clue, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Yes. So they brought him his birthday present early because they're mm-hmm. not going to have a chance to come down. Algie's going to be at the, uh, giving a speech at the Society for Retired Arithmancers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he'd invite Neville to come, but he wouldn't understand a word of it, so. Yeah. And, you know, he he's asking how... Uh, He's asking Mrs. Longbottom how her HIP is coming along because, you know, you can't say hip in front of Neville. And Neville's like, and Mrs. Longbottom's like, he's not an idiot. He can spell hip. He knows what you're talking about. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So. so they give him his present and it turns out it's a, what is it, a toy broom yes, or something, something like that? Like it's that, a starter yeah. broom. Yeah. Basically, it's a yeah. broom on training wheels, which... Neville doesn't want a broom because Neville doesn't like brooms ever since his first broom training. But I can imagine. Yeah. This is his first. To he's injury. very excited that they've actually maybe given him room. And it would be kind of neat. It's a, the most thoughtful they've ever been. And then it turns out to be the kid's broom. Mm-hmm. Can't they unkidify it? No, I don't think so. It's one of those ones that you give a toddler that can't but go. Yeah, 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 I know. It doesn't go fast, you know, higher than two feet off the ground, and it doesn't go faster than a slow that's walk. Not, that, that, and, sounds a lot of, that yeah. sounds very high to me. A toddler's only about two feet tall. Yeah, well, they bounce when you drop them, so it's okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Note to self, do not give Sue my children. <laughs> <laughs> children bounce. Their bones are made out of rubber. You know these things. I haven't been around enough children to know that. <laughs> Yeah. It's true that my mom used to think I was a stuntman. I was going to be a stuntman from the amount of times I'd throw myself at the ground and get back up again or mm-hmm. just lie there laughing, which was my general reaction to things. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because I, it was more of a shock reaction than anything, mm-hmm. but instead of like getting hurt or screaming or whatever, I'd just laugh a lot. Yeah, that's the way to do it. And then, of course, I couldn't get up because I was busy laughing and couldn't control my muscles. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. And finally, uh, aunt and uncle leave. And Gran says that she'd had a visit from Dr. Chatterbug the day before. And Neville's like, Chatterjee! And yeah, she's like, well, she called me Longfeather. Nobody remembers anybody's name. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to call her Chatterbug. And Driftwood had quite a row with her and wanted to get mm-hmm. her Mediwither license revoked for gross incompetence. He came and warned Gran not to listen to anything she had to say and that she had no idea uh-huh. what she was doing. And Gran said, you know, it's the first time I've seen Driftwood since he took over Frank and Alice's care. He's never there when I go by. They say he's too busy. No need for him to meet. It's all being taken care of. And he, she said, Dr. Chatterjee answered more of my questions in 20 minutes than you have in the last five years. And so, and then <laughs> he told her she couldn't smoke in the hospital. Grant doesn't like it when people tell her that. Yeah, it never works. No. But she's glad that Neville found this doctor. Yeah. Neville's kind of shocked, and this, this is the first time she's directly approved of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he, she asks him to fetch her handbag, and she gives him money to go buy his own wand. Yeah, get a proper present, and don't worry about th- you can throw out that training broom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ought to beat Algie over the head of, head with it of all the worthless rubbish. Yeah, and he says, "You're not mad at me for breaking Dad's wand," and she says, "Whatever for all those years you had it, you never broke it out of clumsiness." Though, heaven knows you were all butterfingers with my china. No. If you're going to break your wand, it ought to be while fighting the bloody Death Eaters. That's a proper way to break your wand. Frank would be so proud of you. And that's high praise indeed. And Gran does not make him take the broom along with him. No. She just says she'll donate it to the children's ward. Yeah. Which is a useful thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. You would think that they would make wands unbreakable. Well, maybe. Maybe that's impossible to do. Maybe. Might interfere with the channeling the magic or something. Mm-hmm. Who knows? That's true. So, Harry, uh, 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 Harry Ron Neville, that's his name, finds Harry and Remus reading in the tea room. Mm-hmm. The Hobbit and the Daily Prophet, respectively. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to know if he's had a good visit. And, well, sort of, my aunt and uncle were there. Oh, it's a pity we missed them. Not really. They're scary. They came down for my birthday. He starts to tell him about the broom and then changes his mind. Yeah. And then he mentions that his birthday's on the 30th. And this is the first time Neville's realized they're almost the same age. Yeah. Yeah. He realizes he's a day older. Mm, he's not the youngest in the year. No. Nope. And Remus says, if- well, we'll have to do something special to celebrate. Yeah. Well, there's got to be some younger. There's another month after that. Mm-hmm. Mm, possibly. There might not be any August birthdays in their year, but there could be. Yeah, it's hard to know. So they they go to Diagon Alley, and it's like crazy. It's like, <laughs> there can't be a Quidditch match going on. What's what's happening? And we find out that Rufus Cornblow, I love the names in this story, uh, is signing his autobiography, Keeping Score. And yeah. so, he's the keeper for the tornadoes. He's at Quality Quidditch signing mm-hmm. copies. And Harry and Remus are very interested in this. And so Neville says, I'll just go to Ollivander's on my own and you guys can wait in line. 
And they're like, really? You don't mind? And Pebble's like, nope, go ahead. It's fine. Don't like Quidditch anyway. Yeah. And then we have the obligatory odd scene with mm-hmm. Ollivander. Yeah. Longbottom, isn't it? Frank and Alice's boy? Yes, sir. How do you know? I didn't expect you to... I would have expected you to start school long ago. And he's like, I'll be 16. Well, 16. Did you go to somebody else for your first wand? No, I've been using my father's wand. You did what? (laughs) How many times do I have to tell people not to indulge in such sentimental cod swallop? (laughs) (laughs) The wand chooses the wizard, not the other way around. Using your father's wand for magic would be like trying to write using a whole bird instead of just one quill. <laughs> oh. well, go on, take it. You know, Neville gets a hold Wait. of the wand. Wait, what? Speaking of quills, mm-hmm. so a quill isn't the thing that you make out of the bird's feather? That Each feather is called a quill? Yeah. It can be, yeah. I never knew that. The thing that you make is a quill pen. Oh. You, have, you have made a pen from a quill. Mm-hmm. Ah. Most, I think quills are from larger feathers. So I don't think like every little teeny tiny feather would be considered a quill. I oh. think a quill is is uh, larger. But yeah, it's feathers or quills. Let's see. If I look up quill. Any of the main wing or tail feathers from a bird. The hollow shaft of a feather, especially the lower part of it and then so you could have like a sterile quill technically you could have a what quill a sparrow yeah 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 off of a tail feather sure huh. it would just be small yeah yeah the porcupine quills are also a thing but that's slightly different mm-hmm. i wonder if you could write with those I don't, know. I don't know i suppose you could try it you might have to make a shaft or something for them You'd have to, they already uh, have them? They're barbed, so it would depend. You'd have to use the right end because they're they're barbed because once they get into your skin, they work their way deeper in. Oh, oh God. And they don't let go uh, very easily. That's why you have to really dig them. You know, you hold down. Well, that'll keep people from stealing your quills. That's true. Yeah. So I might imagine you'd use the opposite end. I don't know. Next time I go to Bend, I'll see if I can get my hands on some and we'll try them out. Yeah. I'm picturing using them like a um, uh, a pen insert and you'd have like a, you know, wooden pen body that you'd just stick over top of one. And I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that you don't have to grip onto it directly. That makes sense. But I don't think I don't they, know. you know, I it's just one end that's barbed. So if you held it you know, yeah, kind the of other in the end. Middle, yeah. like or like a pencil or something, you'd probably be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they'd really work that well, but it's yeah, just one of those not. things where the word is similar, probably for a similar reason. Where the word is mightier than the quill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So poor Neville, he's gone through hundreds of wands and his arm is getting tired and nothing works. And he's beginning to think he's a squib again. And uh, finally, there's one that, you know, he gets a hold of it, and it's just this shock that goes through his body, and it feels warm and alive. And Ollivander's like, okay, give it a wave! And, you know, magic sings through his veins, and all Mm -hmm. kinds of things go well. He winds up with cherry wood and unicorn hair, and Ollivander advises him to practice a lot, uh, just to 
get a feel for it. Just try minor charms and simple transfigurations and mm-hmm. start small because you'll probably put far too much power into things right off the bat because you're used to having to push through this unsatisfactory wand. Mm-hmm. Good point. Start with needles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. Ollivander says, give my regards to your grandmother. Pretty young thing, as I recall. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. And then he goes out to the shop and he's trying to get in, but people won't let him cut the line. So he ends up just sort of sitting out and waiting. And a young lady stops by. Mm-hmm. Wants to know if he's a fan and whether he's got the book. And he says, eh, no, not really. Either of those. Yeah. I'm not into sports. Me neither, she says. <laughs> Neville's a bit baffled as to why this girl is talking to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she likes to read. Mm-hmm. So why are you standing outside the Quidditch shop then? Yeah, well, I'm just waiting for my friends to come out. <laughs> well, looks like they might be a while. Want to go get lunch or something? <laughs> <laughs> my name's Lauren. I'm Neville. And, you know, he's all lightheaded and googly-eyed and all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. It's Lorien because she's oh, named Lorien. after the forest That's from Lord right. of the Rings. And he knows Lord uh, of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And so... He says it's his favorite. They hit it and off. It's hers and his, her dad's as well. <laughs> she says, Mom drew the line when Dad wanted to name my brother Frodo. <laughs> yeah, I would do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And apparently there's a wizard edition of the books that uh, compares Middle-earth with actual wizard world stuff and says Tolkien might have been uh, a a squib or known more about the world than people thought. Yeah, Yeah, so they... uh, She invites him to go to Flourish and Blots and find the copy, and he's like, yeah, but I do have to wait for my friends. And Mm. She says, well, you could always stop by the apothecary where I work and we could go for a drink or something. I'll see you around. And he's just sort of smiling and sighing mm-hmm. and things. And that's when Harry finds him. Oh. Neville, why didn't you come in? I've got you a present. Oh, dear. And Neville's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's a picture of Rufus Cornblow signed best wishes on your birthday. Mm-hmm. It's just not really his thing, but oh, well, it's a nice thought. Yeah, and they want to see his wand. And And Rima says, perhaps we shouldn't try it out just in the middle of the street because Mm -hmm. industry would not approve of that necessarily. She says, all right, well, we'll do it at home under controlled conditions. Yeah. So then they they, head to the twin shop. (laughs) Some of our very favorite customers. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone. And Fred's apparently down. been handing out free samples to the queue outside of Rufus Cornblow, and then everybody's coming to the shop. So it's worked out well. Smart man. Yep. <laughs> and hey. Harry wants to know if there's a birthday discount and mentions that his is the 31st and Neville's is the 30th. And like, hmm, well, <laughs> we might have to plan something special. And Harry's like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking with the twins. Oh, boy, we can be in trouble now. Yep. I love how the drinking age is 16, though. Mm-hmm. Well, the wizarding of age is 17, so... That's true. I suppose. I think that is actually true of the UK in general, too. True. So, so that's what they're going with. Yeah. yeah. 
Young people 16 or 17 can drink beer, wine, or cider with a meal if it's bought by an adult, but you can't actually buy it unless you're 18. Uh-huh. And you can't then obviously have hard stuff. Yeah. yeah. Although cider At least that's how it is currently. Pay. I don't know what it would have been in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Well, either Spain has different laws or the bartender didn't care and we were all breaking the law. <laughs> Uh-oh. True confessions from Mooney. Because that was the night I learned how much I could drink. (laughs) Or couldn't drink? Well, I did pretty well, considering I was 15 and basically on an empty stomach. Wow. Um, That being said, I definitely didn't like what it did to me physically. Mm -hmm. And And thank the Lord I had people who were smart enough to take care of me. Yeah, because what could have happened scared me enough that I was like, I never want to be in a position where I'm not in control again. Right, and I've never done it. And God, we all paid the price the next day. We were miserable. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm drunk bad. enough to have a hangover, and I'm just as glad it's, it doesn't seem worth anything. No, to me. no, no. <laughs> but then, otherwise, I wouldn't have learned not to do it. That's hmm. true. And y'all were wishing you had a hangover potion that Remus or Snape could make for you. Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, it was bad. It was so bad. (laughs) Alex, you're on the computer. It wouldn't be Potterfic Weekly without it. (laughs) No. Scooch over. You were so cute a minute ago. Yeah, go away. That's even better. So we're on to our last chapter, and Neville is trying to slick his hair down. And Remus tells him that if he doesn't stop fussing, they're going to think he's got a crush on the doctor. I do not. Remus says, I'm only teasing, but do stop spitting on your hair. (laughs) Just anxious. This is my parents. We might have found something to help them. Yeah. Remus says, well, I doubt your hair. Well, I doubt the state of your hair will have any effect on the matter. Yeah. And Neville's having a daydream about, you know, she's found a cure and they just have to do this one potion. And they'll be wonderful. and They'll get to say they're so proud of him. And uh, then he wakes up and he's been slicking his hair down again. Oops. Yeah. And we head down to conference room three. And there's his grandmother, Dr. Chatterjee, Dr. Driftwood and Professor Snape all there. Yeah. And Dr. Driftwood is not happy that there's more guests. No. What are these people supposed to be experts? Really, Mrs. Longbottom, I'm insulted. And she says, oh, she says shut they your aren't mouth. expert. They're friends of the family. And he says, what's this ragtag fellow for? He looks like a gypsy. And he's, what are you supposed to be expert in? Palm reading? And he says, no, defense against the dark arts. <laughs> <laughs> and Gran says, if my Neville thinks his friend should be present for this, then I'm not going to argue with him. Yay, Gran! <laughs> he tries to get her to stop smoking again, and it doesn't work. No, not at all. And Dr. Chatterjee cannot remember Lupin's name. Mm-mm. No, she can't remember anybody's name. No. And neither can Gran, actually. Poor Lupin. She's a very forgettable fellow, I guess. We all remember him. Yes, we do. Because mm-hmm. he's the favorite teacher. And... Dr. Chatterjee says, well, now, Mrs. Longbetter, I know Dr. Knockwood is considered an expert, but the potions he's prescribed is a great concern to me. Mm -hmm. Um, She can't pronounce his name either. Nope. I've uh, read up on his theories, and I 
have looked at, examined Mr. and Mrs. Longfeather myself, and it does not match the theories. And Driftwood is like, you don't know what you're talking about. Variations occur among test subjects. Mm-hmm. They're not test subjects, they're patients. Yeah, well, of uh, course, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Be that as it may, when I received young Mr. Longfeather's owl, the additional information caused me to reevaluate your course of treatment. Snape says, what is this additional information? And it's the treatments about records about the uh, research Dr. Bushwhack uh, mm-hmm. did many years ago. You mean Hackenbush? Yeah, yeah, that's him. <laughs> and exactly how did you come by this information? And Remus says, ah, from the source. Dr. Uh, Ron Weasley's uh, carrying the memories, and I sort of helped... Uh, mm-hmm. retrieve them and that yes. puts Snape on a slow burn mm-hmm. and Drifted says this is nonsense and she says well he remembered you very well mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah and basically they bring up that really he's using the th- the very thing that Dr. Hackenbush has said was ineffective on Cruciatus patients right they they said that his ethics were discredited but not his discoveries because Dr. Driftwood's trying to say, well, he's been discredited. None of his stuff works. Mm-hmm. And this is about the facts. We've discovered that this is what happens. And what you're doing is exactly the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing for those poor long barrows. Mm-hmm. Closer, closer. <laughs> yeah. And eventually they mentioned another case that Driftwood actually treated with Belladonna and had good results with, and yet somehow he's not tried it even once with the Longbottoms. Right. He says there are very good reasons for that, uh, but he refuses to explain what they are. And so Mrs. Longbottom basically fires him and says, well, uh, we're going to get Dr. Chatterjee to try some things and see what happens. Yeah. Then there's a little bit of, because he doesn't take kindly to this. No, of course not. They decide that maybe they need to uh, put a guard around his family until they can get them moved to a different hospital because they don't trust this guy. Okay, okay. So blame him. Left the room, right, Driftwood? Yes. Yes. He storms out. Why in God's name didn't somebody go after him? I don't know. They're busy talking. (laughs) Because my inclination now is he's going to go destroy the records. But they already have the records. But Grant, does Neville have his at home? Because Grant's are in the hospital. Oh, yeah. Neville's got his copies at home. Okay, good. Yeah, good point, though. They were too caught up in setting things about to change change them over and such. To They're all Gryffindor. Well, no. Snape's a Slytherin. He should be... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know... Are you suggesting that he might try to harm them? And Snape's like, yes, yes. I am. But they mm-hmm. said that they'll mount a guard. And and he suggests, Snape's the one to suggest that they arrange to transfer him somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And he and Remus will make plans for their security up to now. And <laughs> she turns to Harry and she says, I finally realized why you look familiar, silly me. And Harry cringes. My niece is such a fan of your films. She must have talked about you a dozen times. This is this is Elijah Wood. <laughs> no, Wait, Elijah no, Wood was no. a flipper? 
So, uh, they're talking about the the talking porpoise, and you, Harry's like, you mean Flipper? No, that was Elijah Wood. Oh, yeah, don't worry. Your secret's safe with me. So she thinks he's Elijah Wood. Wait, mm-hmm. Elijah Wood was in Flipper? Which is, well, apparently, I hadn't remembered that, but that is funny because they are, uh, Elijah Wood and Daniel Radcliffe are very often mistaken for each other. Mm-hmm. So, they're kind of pulling on that. So was there there was actually a flipper movie. Let's see. Oh, let's see. IMDb. Yeah. Yep. Elijah Wood played Sandy okay. Ricks. Okay. And Paul there Hogan played his father. Apparently his first ever role uh, film role at least was uh, in Back to the Future Part 2. I love how we're all looking it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Flipper. So what happens with you're sitting in front of the internet. Why not? I know. I don't know in most of these movies. Oh, he was Huck Finn. What? I'm what? good. I've already turned it off. He was whom? What? Huck? Okay. He was Huck Finn in The Adventures of Huck Finn. Was that the... Wait, what was the one then with um, um, JTT? Which Huck Finn was that? I have Oh, that no was playing Sawyer. Yeah, he was playing Tom Sawyer. Elijah Wood was his friend. No, because Adventures of Huck Finn is a sequel, isn't it? In the books it is. I don't know if um, uh. they would have used the same thing or... Cool. And then the one above that, the good son, he played Mark Evans, which, of course, we Harry Potter fans will get a kick out of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And speaking of so, Lupin. That I wasn't got... the one with um, with JTT. That was a different one. Yeah. So anyway, what about Lupin? I got dragged to see Wonder Woman, which I wasn't going to see, what? but my friend said, you have to come see it with us. Yes. And I have no idea who it is. I spend the entire movie going, who is this guy? He reminds me of this person, but I don't think it's really him. It takes me till the credits to go, oh, hey, that was Chris Pine, because I'm not good with actors. And halfway through the show, who shows up but Remus Lupin? (laughs) David Thewlis, you mean? David Thewlis. Yep. And I had no idea, because I hadn't paid any attention to Wonder Woman. I hadn't planned on seeing it. And then here he pops up, and I'm like... Remus! (laughs) Remus! <laughs> the kid next to me is just like, oh, you. <laughs> so, but yes, yeah. uh, Dr. Chatterjee promises to keep Elijah Wood's secret, Mr. Potter. I will not tell the world that you are this famous flipper star. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. They call him Flipper, Flipper. Faster than lightning, no one you see is smarter than he. And we know Flipper lives in a world full of wonder, lying there under, under the sea. I can't remember what it was exactly, but there was some something where somebody was wanting to make a, a spin-off film or, or something like that. I don't think it was even related to Harry Potter at all, but it was um, some other sort of fandom thing, and they decided that the villain should be Daniel Radcliffe, and then the next person said it should not even Daniel Radcliffe playing so-and-so, it should just be Daniel Radcliffe as himself as the villain in this thing. <laughs> and then the next person is like, no, it should be Elijah Wood playing Daniel Radcliffe, and <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe should show up playing Elijah Wood. <laughs> oh, dear. That would be really funny. Yeah. 
But anyhow, back to Neville. Yes, who will not leave the hospital because he is doggone it going to save his parents. He's going to stay there and keep an eye on them. And and Snape keeps trying to send him on after his grandmother, who's going mm-hmm. back to her room with Dr. Chatterjee. And Mrs. Remus says, well, you know, he did take down McNair at the ministry, and Mrs. Longbottom says he stays. Mm-hmm. So he's staying because you, you don't cross Gussie Longbottom. No. Yeah, and then Snape turns on Remus. Haven't you done enough to endanger the students? And Remus is like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I met Mr. Weasley. Casting a memory revival spell on him? What in Merlin's name were you thinking? That's dangerous magic. And I dare say you did it without his parents' knowledge. And Remus is like, I'm very experienced with that spell. And Snape says, it doesn't matter. You had no right. My God, Lupin, nothing has changed. You're still incapable of acting responsibly. And that breaks Remus. Mm -hmm. And Harry, of course, is mad at him for yelling at Remus. Mm -hmm. He did it because we asked him to. And if he hadn't done it, we wouldn't have known about Hackenbush. And Ron's fine. He didn't mess anything up at all. But the point for Snape is still that he shouldn't have done it without permission, which Mm -hmm. Remus agrees with. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. And... But they decide they're going to set up a 24-hour watch on the Longbottom's room, and Neville and Harry can take a shift during the day, and then the rest of them will figure watch out the night, night watches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have to, you know, Driftwood could poison their food or drink or their medicine, so they need to be very careful. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Emmeline is there, and she can come and be a taste tester, or at least uh, check it to make sure that it's okay. Mm-hmm. And Harry's trying to say, you know, Neville can do more than just stab someone in the eye with his wand. He's better with it, and so on. Snape said, well, we better not hope for a pitched battle in the middle of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And Harry, of course, is fuming, and Neville is kind of like, I think he's kind of teasing at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's all right, sir. We'll do our best not to blow up the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that the uh, board of directors will be reassured to hear that. Now, excuse me. I need to go talk to Professor Dumbledore. We'll stay here until we hear from you. And Harry tries to go off on Snape again because that's Harry's thing. And um, Remus says, actually, you know, he had a point. I shouldn't Mm -hmm. have done the spell without asking Mrs. Weasley first. Y'all can keep arguing, but I'm going to where my parents are, says Neville. I don't want to leave them alone. No. So... Remus goes to look up Mrs. Vance and tell her what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And Harry's still muttering about Snape, and finally Neville's had it up. He says, look, Professor Snape is the one who suggested Dr. Chatterjee in the first place. We'd still mm-hmm. be stuck looking at those files if it weren't for him. He's not my favorite teacher, but he's helping right now, and that's all that matters. Right. Thank goodness somebody knocked the sense into Harry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Harry's like, well, don't expect me to like him for it. <laughs> Neville's like, like, I don't no, expect No, I anything. never would. Can we just go see my parents, please? And that's where we're <laughs> going to end for we tonight. End. The end of chapter 23. Not really a cliffy, but now we have to find out if there's actually an attempt on the long bottoms. Yeah. And we will find that out in the next batch of chapters, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. We have two more podcasts to go on this story. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you're enjoying our coverage so far. If you this is your first one you've stumbled on, you may want to 
go back a couple episodes to where we started. And we did try and mention the major points that have come up beforehand, but it probably make more sense if you start at the beginning, which in this case is episode 263. Or four at this point. Oh, no, three. Mm-hmm. The beginning, the first one was 263. Mm-hmm. And then we yeah, had more. I just looked at it the wrong way. Yeah. And then... You can always, of course, read the story. We are reading the fanfiction.net version, which is the genfic version, the, the sort of normal adventure story. If you like your fanfiction a little steamier, you can also find it on mm-hmm. Schnoogle. And where's the other one? Um, I don't know. But there I, yeah. is a secondary version of this story that has some extra slash scenes and the like mm-hmm. in it, if that's more your thing. Yeah, earlier when Mooney said, that, what did you say about Snape? I can't imagine Snape and Remus talking or drinking together or something like that. And yeah. all I could think yeah. of was, yeah, well, they did more than talk and drink together. <laughs> I would, I, yeah. <laughs> it's Snoogle or FictionAlley.org and Skyhawk is the other one. Mm. Uh, wait, so is it Snape, Lupin, and Neville Harry Fick? Yes. Apparently. <laughs> Okay. The version we're going with, but... Yeah, it was uh, interesting. And, you know, that makes it all that much harder for Mooney because he and Snape are forming this relationship and Snape just really slapped him down. It's always confusing when we have stories with Remus in them and you are also here reviewing stuff with us, Mooney. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) Well, we could call you by your real name, but that would just throw us off. No, I know. Snape is totally not my type. Okay. No, not really. No, he's Trisha's type. Well, she can have him. <laughs> She'd take him, too. Yeah. I have no doubt. This, was this... she the one that wanted to blow up Doll, or was she just the cardboard cover- cutout? I think she, I think she wanted to blow up Doll. Uh, all I remember it... is that she found a Snape lookalike in a bar and asked him for a kiss. So there you go. <laughs> she got it, too, which was hilarious to me. <laughs> Oh, dear. I think it maybe was Jen with the blow-up doll. Oh, yeah. Correctly. Yeah. yeah. That was from earlier seasons before we were a thing. Mm-hmm. I got a message from Jen halfway through the story saying, Sigh, Susils, I've forgotten how much I love Chaos First. Because <laughs> somebody in the Home Away from Hogwarts group was looking for Doctor Who Harry Potter crossovers. And I said, I don't have a ah. crossover, but... I have this amazing Doctor Who fic if you want to read it. But I couldn't remember what it was called. So I sent Jen uh-huh. a message and said, what is this called? But yeah, if you have 10 hours or more to spare and would like to read some really good Doctor Who fic, I can set you up. <laughs> my dad just asked me about Doctor Who the other day. He sticks his head in my room. Are you a fan of Doctor Who? I've only seen one episode. There was a dragon. I think <laughs> I missed that one. And he walks out. <laughs> I got to watch an episode yesterday. I'm way behind, but I'm trying to get episodes in here and there. Mm-hmm. I'm only a couple episodes a behind at this point. There was one with a dinosaur. I don't remember yeah. a dragon one recently, but um, there no, could I have been. No, I think it was an old before. episode. Oh, it might have been the one I'm where. About a church and a dragon. Hmm. Oh yeah, that's the um, one with Van Gogh. Maybe I don't remember that specifically, but could be. Yeah, or there it's was an invisible um, dragon-like creature in the. Uh, oh, hmm. there were also in the first reboot series. Father's Day had the the Time Reaper creatures that were 
coming after them at a church because and they they hid at the church because it had so much time and solidity involved in it mm-hmm. but that's the one were, with the with, with the with the car accident yes yeah that's the one that's the one okay that's father's day which is kind of appropriate given that we are recording this the week before father's day but there yeah. you go <laughs> and our kids made father's day cookies for all of our parents all of their fathers oh, today I, I wouldn't be that. surprised if there was a dragon type thing in one of the older ones too, because um, there was at least one where they did sort of Arthurian legend and such. Apparently, I need to go find mm. it sometime. I think there's a, if I'm remembering correctly, and this isn't just some fanfic that I've read, uh, <laughs> it turns out that the Doctor is actually the inspiration for Merlin. Oh, uh, interesting. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, <laughs> anyhow, we hope you are enjoying our coverage of Becoming Neville, which is the last story of this particular season that we are working on, season eight, and we're enjoying it, I think. It's a lot of fun. I had thought that I read it before, but I hadn't actually read it before we started this section of the podcast, and I'm glad ah. we did, because... It's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it when I read it the first time, and I thought it might be a fun one to do. So I'm glad I I was able to find it. Yeah, I'm getting more into it as we go along. Well, that's good. Yes, there's more stuff is going to happen next week, I'm sure. But. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Yep. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the uh, Longfellows. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Or the Longfeathers, or the, what was the other one? Um, yeah, and long barrows or something. Long barrows. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She'll get there eventually, I'm sure. She yeah. might actually figure it out before the end of the story. We'll have to see. <laughs> the funny thing, actually, bringing that up again, is that one of the other fic series that I've read, and I think it's based on something in some of the Doctor Who novels, mm-hmm. is that apparently the Doctor's family name is something like Longbarrow. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a the in the novel version it's Lungbarrow and whoever the fic writer is decided that wasn't quite time lordy enough so they've put in one of those um, combined vowels it's like the mm-hmm. o squished into the e kind of thing aha uh-huh. so but it's fun this is you wanna do the closing spiel Scott you're so much better at it than I am. <laughs> This is where we miss Bob. We don't have a Mm -hmm. proper sign-off for anything. But if you would like to check us out some more, you can find all our podcasts at potterficweekly.com. You can find our forums at potterficforum.com. And we post on our Facebook group whenever we update a new podcast and also about random Harry Potter-related things and less-related things. Uh, <laughs> random things. Yes, because random things in general, because that's what we do. We go on tangents. And you can find that at P-O-F, P-O-U-F-W-A on Facebook, because yep. that is how we apparently transliterate Poufwa. Poufwa. Yeah. And Kool-Aid. <laughs> no, that has its own transliteration. It's a brand oh, new. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> but, yes, that is where you can find us on the internet. And you can also find our sister podcasts in the fleet. We have Point of View Weekly, which is where Sue and I and Ryan from the original run of Potterfic Weekly and Bob from Spellcast and occasionally Ryan's wife, Danielle, will chat about 
basically random things because random things. we never have a topic. We're <laughs> supposed to be playing a game a this next time, but I can't track Bob down. He's being very bad. Bad Bob. Bob. He just has a lot of stuff going on. He doesn't get days off as much as he would like, I think. Yeah. Or his days, his time off doesn't coincide with useful podcasting time, I guess. Mm-hmm. He'll have yeah. time off in the afternoons when the rest of us are at work. But eventually we will put it together and have some more Point of View Weekly podcasts. Uh, If you want to check other things out, there is some of our sister podcasts that are no longer actively updating, but there's still interesting stuff out there. The Puffwa Exchange is sort of the original version of Point of View Weekly, where various people talk about other fandom things like Shakespeare or... Doctor That's Who? the one that always comes to mind. There's Doctor Who. There's <laughs> the uh, game, yes, the um, Harry Potter books as fan fiction has a couple of episodes that came out on that. Mm-hmm. Um, we did more than a couple. We did like we well, got you did a whole bunch, through... but Death Row's only released two. Oh. <laughs> uh, the vagaries of editing. Mm-hmm. I can't talk because I'm just as slow. Uh, and there is also, there was one season of the Pwncast of Rock, which is all about Wizard Rock. If that's your thing, you can listen to Julia and Dan and some, I believe Cody was on several of yep. them, and also special guests talk about Wizard Rock bands and all of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they're all on the PotterFickWeekly.com site, so you can find them there if you're interested, because mm-hmm. I did put them up the other day. Nice. And I guess with that, we will say good night, everybody. Good night. Night. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.